Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on the Faith Radio Network. Today is the 21st of June. Um, During the month of June, we're focusing on forgiveness here at Faith Radio. And so if if you're in need of forgiveness, if you want to walk with us in forgiveness, if you want to explore topics related to forgiveness, I encourage you to text the word forgive to 877-933-2484. We will walk with you in a season of forgiveness together. Uh, Let's see, the 21st of June. um, Yes, summer solstice. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, Here's here's a list of things happening today. Depending on who you are and where you live and uh, your vantage point or viewpoint, um, it might be that today you're celebrating somebody's birthday like my sweet Rebecca or my brother-in-law, Jeff. Um, Yeah, so happy birthday. It might be that you're celebrating a rebirth day today, the day upon which someone you know and love came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So maybe there's a rebirth day being celebrated today, a day of salvation. Um, It is National Selfie Day, which doesn't really feel like we need a national day for that. People just do that all the time anyway. It's also World Giraffe Day wonder if giraffes would take selfies today. That might be fun. This I find a, a strange and interesting coincidence. Um, today is World Hydrography, Hydrography, Hydrography Day, um, which is mapping the bottom of the sea, which, yes, would lead us into a conversation about the missing submersible that disappeared on Sunday, just a couple of hours after it was um, released from its host um, ship, it, uh, it is known as the Titan. It has been missing since Sunday. There is a massive international search underway. Um, there are five people on board. They were headed down um, uh, thousands of feet beneath the ocean's surface to where the Titanic rests on the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. So it's a long way down. Um, you can't actually send divers down there. And so right now there are efforts using um, sonar and machines. There were some sounds heard um, in the area of the search, but um, there has been nothing yet to report in terms of the search for the submersible. And we absolutely want to be praying for the welfare of the five individuals um, on board. Their oxygen supply will run out tomorrow morning. Um, And so we want to be praying. We're going to be praying for those who are searching, and we're going to talk a little bit Uh, later this morning, about what it means to seek to save those who are missing and lost. Today is the World Day of Music. Um, Today is Canada's National Indigenous Peoples Day. It's also the Martyrs Day in Togo. And you say, I don't even know where Togo is. It's in West Africa. I have a cousin named Jennifer who serves as a missionary in Togo. 
It's National Cookie Dough Day Mm -hmm. and National Dog Party Day. But I don't know that that means that you should have cookie dough at your dog party. Smoothie Day, Peaches and Cream Day, Seashell Day. You're now, are you getting the point? We got a day for everything, and today might just be that day. You play yard games today. But it is today also the summer solstice. And so, yes, there will be people literally worshiping the sun today. Like, that is something that happens today, which makes this yoga day because they do sun salutations in yoga. And as a part of that, it is National Humanist Day or World Humanist Day. So, um... I want to encourage us on this summer solstice, the the day during which here in the Northern Hemisphere we have the most amount of light possible. I want us to be people who point to the light and the one who is the light, the light of the world, the sun, S-O-N, and worship and glorify him. So on this summer solstice, uh, you could consider um, the the reality uh, that the earth is rotating, that it is a, a, it is created. It's no accident. Um, it's we exist in this very, very, very narrow window of cosmic reality that provides for human life and the way that we can even breathe and live and hold ourselves to the earth but not be smashed against it. Like right, the whole the whole thing is amazing. And the relationship of the sun to the earth is a part of all of that. And so it's a good day to talk about creation and the creator. And it's a really good day to talk about Jesus, who is the light of the world, whose light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. It's a great day to talk about um, Jesus um, and that nothing is darkness to him, that he gives light to those who live in him, that he says to his followers, you are the light of the world that he sends us as light into the darkness of our current reality. So let me encourage you today. Don't don't hide your light. Let your light so shine before others that people would see your good works and glorify God who is in heaven, that they would glorify the one who is the light of the world, the Son of God, S-O-N. Let's give salutations to him today. Um, We're going to talk next about plea bargaining When was the last time you tried to make a deal with God to get out of the consequences of a sin that you knew you had committed? I mean, when you know you broke the law of God, when you know you broke God's heart and you plead guilty, well, then what? Did you suffer the full weight of the penalty or did God let you off because of the name you bear? We're going to bring the mind of Christ to bear on the whole Hunter Biden plea bargain. That's up next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, uh, this is one of those days during which I'm pretty sure, I I feel fairly certain you're not going to hear this from anybody else. Um, So I want to talk with you about the deal that you're getting because of the name that you bear. And we're having this conversation in the context of Hunter Biden, who has agreed with the Justice Department to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges that should be felonies and accept terms that would allow him to avoid prosecution on a separate gun charge, which should also be a felony. Um, And so this is ongoing, you know, like drama in our country. And there has been a deal hashed out with federal prosecutors. Um, And so the deal is contingent upon Hunter Biden remaining drug free for 24 months, which would be a wonderful thing for anyone agreeing to never own a firearm again, 
Um, and the agreement it has, still has to be approved by a federal judge. Um, and he is expected to appear in court in Delaware in the next few days to be arraigned on the charges. And he is expected to plead guilty. Now, depending on um, sort of where you exist across the political spectrum, your view on this is probably um, settled. And so I understand that. So, yes, the president's son, Hunter Biden, unquestionably got what we would call a sweetheart deal from the federal uh, from the federal government. There's no question he's benefiting from his relationship with the president and the name that he bears. The name that he bears affected the outcome of the charges that he's facing. Uh, When he pleads guilty to falsifying ATF documents that allowed him to illegally purchase a gun and when he pleads guilty to failing to pay taxes over a number of years in excess of one hundred thousand dollars. Like, you're going to say to yourself, that does not seem like justice. Like, it doesn't seem fair. They're serious crimes. And he is not going to face trial. He's not going to do time in all likelihood. And that seems grossly unfair. Um, Questions are being raised about privilege and how the system favors those with the right relationships and with the right names. Those are legitimate conversations for us to have in our culture. But for our part, as Christians today, because that's who we are and what we're talking about. What does it mean to apply the mind of Christ and to consider ourselves in light of this story? Have you or I ever stood guilty before the throne of God's justice and pled for mercy? Have we ever tried to bargain our way out of a just penalty for sin or the consequences of it? Have we ever relied on a name other than our own, the name of Jesus, to get a reduced sentence? Or more accurately, to simply walk away, allowing Jesus to pay it all? I mean, none of us suffers the weight of the penalty of our sin. We just don't. Jesus took it all upon himself. And we take his name, and then God puts our sin on Jesus' account. And that's grace, and we don't deserve it. And so if if you call yourself a Christian today, then you're claiming the name of Jesus. Um, And... If you call God Abba, Father, you're claiming the right of Jesus as the one and only Son. And if you pray to God to be forgiven in Jesus' name, you're relying on the same kind of privilege that Hunter Biden is experiencing today, just in a different kingdom and in a different system of justice. And so I'm not equating the two. I'm not, I know it's frustrating that justice that's supposed to be blind is not. I, I get that. I know it's frustrating that justice, which is supposed to be equally applied, is not equally applied. I get that. But here's the truth. There is a righteous judge, and he is enthroned right now, and he is weighing us, you and me. And he is the one who calls us by name. And he is the one who has exalted the name of Jesus above every other name. And so I don't go in my own name. I go in Jesus' name. So while I want God to call me by name, I want him to see me as one who is covered, claimed by the name of Jesus. To see not my sin, but Jesus' sacrifice. To see not my guilt, but to see grace. To see not my lawlessness, but Christ's faithfulness. I I want imputed righteousness. I want mercy and grace. I don't want equal justice under the law unless I can also have the grace of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. So yes, the systems of this world are broken. They're a broken mess. But that's not particularly new news today. Um, 
And so in light of the unequal justice experienced in our less than perfect union, um, I want us today to be people who recognize that we present ourselves in the name of Jesus and in his name, we are forgiven and we do not receive the just penalty for our sins. Yes, I know I'm talking about a different kingdom and I'm talking about a different system of justice, but as Christians, that ought to be the conversation that we're pressing into today. And you better believe I'm relying on the special favor given to the Son. What about you? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great faith radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Alrighty, the search continues for the submersible that went missing en route to the Titanic wreckage on Sunday. And with each passing hour, um, I think it's fair to say that hope wanes. Miracles do happen. I think it's really worth noting that the calls for prayers for those on board and the ways in which uh, many people have employed the language of miracles in just the last uh, day or so, Um, is significant. Those are opportunities for us to point to the need for help to come from the outside, the limits of human capacity and ability and ingenuity and technology. Um, I mean, even the physical human body cannot withstand the pressure, um, which is why we can't send divers down to look. Um, And so it's also it's also just important to just recognize that the human body has limits and that when we talk about oxygen running out, um, we're talking about the limited capacity of, of the human body to exist in certain environments and under certain com- conditions. And so prayers arise. And so let us be, let us be praying for uh, the five individuals um, who entered this submersible and uh, we're healthy on Sunday morning, and let us be praying um, that if they still be alive, they be, uh, they be found, and that if they be found, there be enough time to rescue them, because they cannot take them out of the submersible if it is at the ocean's bottom, and they also can't bring the submersible up fast. They have to bring it up very slowly, and, um, and so that means the window of time... Um, of finding it is critical because bringing it up slowly, you know, obviously their oxygen runs out as, as they make that um, ascent. So it's a very, very, very challenging, um, challenging story and challenging time and opportunity for us to talk about um, how, how it feels to frantically search for someone who is lost. So I want you to, to go there emotionally just for a moment, go to the place of, frantically searching for someone you love who is lost. Maybe you um, lost sight of, uh, of a child in an amusement park or, uh, or a store or a mall or some other setting where you know, that, that panic, you felt it. Um, maybe you lost track of someone 
um, you know, in the woods on a hike. You, you know what I'm talking about here. That feeling of searching frantically for someone who is lost. That's the heart of God for every human being today who is living apart from Christ. That frantic desire to find those who are lost. Now, God knows where they are. God knows the circumstance. He sees to the depths of the ocean and to the heights of the heavens. There is nowhere on earth that a person can be hidden from God. I recognize that. I also recognize that Jesus comes to seek and to save the lost. Luke chapter 15 is filled with um, parables that Jesus tells about about seeking that which is lost. Um, he talks about uh, the, the man who has a hundred sheep and he loses one and says, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? Now, if you're actually a shepherd, the, the rational answer to the question is no. <laughs> no. You don't leave 99 sheep in the open country where wolves and uh, bears and thieves and all kinds of bad things could happen to them to go after a sheep. Like It's, it's actually not how it works in shepherding, but Jesus is a good shepherd, and he goes and he finds the lost one and joyfully puts it on his shoulders and carries it home and asks his neighbors to rejoice with him. And then he says, I tell you, in the same way, there's going to be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need to repent. There's rejoicing in heaven when one sinner turns toward home. Jesus then talks about the parable of the lost coin um, and then gives the parable that we know as the prodigal son or the lost son. Um, We have to celebrate. We have to be glad because the brother who was dead is now alive again. He who was lost is found. That's the conclusion of John chapter or uh, Luke chapter 15. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Oxygen is running out. Time is running out. The ocean is deep. The darkness is closing in. And God has provided a miracle. Help has come from the outside. There is a way out. God has sent a Savior to rescue you. Are you ready to be found? The promises of heaven, the promises of Jesus, don't remove the pain nor the uncertainty of this world. But it does give us hope, strength, peace, during life's most difficult challenges and seasons. And so, yes, we are praying today for hope and strength and peace for the families. We are praying for success for the responders. And we are certainly praying for the five men um, who descended in the Titan to see the Titanic. And from where will their help come? Well, as Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes toward the hills. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Let's take a break for Breakpoint with John Stone Street. There's no question that living on high alert all the time drains our energy. It steals our joy. It warps our perspective. There is a better way to live. (laughs) There's a better way to live than just on high alert all the time. And so in a world that is increasingly plagued by fear and anxiety, um, it's important for us to know what God has said and what God offers, what kind of joy we can experience 
um, and and how to sustain that joy, even in the sort of uh, frenetic chaos of the breaking news. So we're going to talk with Shelley Rushing Tomlinson. Her book is Seizing the Good Life, Discover Peace and Joy Through the Study of John's Gospel. And, and in it, we are going to get like practical ways to weave our faith into our daily life um, and how to fact check the world with the Word of God. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, joining us now, Shelley Rushing Tomlinson. Uh, the book that we are going to enjoy together today is Seizing the Good Life, Discover Peace and Joy Through the Study of John's Gospel. Shelley, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. All right, we want to know about Pops and Keggy Camp. <laughs> that is a great opening question because it is on. Pops and Keggy Camp is this annual camp I have for my grandchildren here in Lake Providence. And we just do everything we can in about four or five days that their parents give me. And our motto is no adults allowed, and they don't count me. I'm not the adult. So we play on the lake. We see the grandparents. But, Carmen, it's all built around um, just think vacation Bible school at Keggy's. That's my grandmother's name. And we just enter it in the morning around devotions. And then we try to weave that all through the day. And it's just a wonderful time, but I'm exhausted when it's over. Oh, I'm, I'm exhausted before it's even started. Okay, Keggy, <laughs> Keggy is your grandmother's name. Can we ask yes. why? You can. Um, now, my best friend has a hilarious story that has no truth to it. Um, that she loves to tell because it makes me turn red, but it actually has to do with the fact that my um, my given name is Shelly, and years ago, there were some kids in my family that said Keggy for Shelly for some reason, and it stuck, and everyone in my family was calling me Keggy by the time I had a grandchild, and you know, you never know what they're going to call you. You can pick out your own name, and they'll call you something else. But they chose to call me Keggy because they heard it a lot from everyone else. I love that. So um, you have a song um, with one of your grands. Um, and it, it really it really is like your song. Like, you know, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. Can, we sing, can we sing our song? Can you can you talk right. about that a little bit? Oh, I'd be delighted to. So all of my grandchildren have loved this little light of mine. We sing it, you know, when I'm putting them to bed at night. And tucking them in and praying and doing our scriptures. But one one of them in particular, and it's Connor, um, the, right there in the middle of the pack, he took to that song like none of the others. And every time we sing it, we sing it with a different cadence. He might want to, it's whatever Connor's feeling. So we may sing it with a country beat or a jazz beat or um, up, opera, you know, just whatever Connor is feeling, we just give that cadence to the music. And we sing this little light of mine at the, you know, just, and enjoy it together. It's a very special time. Um, I, I love and appreciate um, the light imagery in the Gospel of John. And you take us into the Gospel of John in a unique way in this book, Seizing the Good Life. Um, each one of the chapters of your book corresponds to a chapter in the Gospel of John. I love that. I love the way that you um, reframe maybe the way we have 
thought about the encounters that Jesus has with individuals and walks um, with them mm-hmm. in life. That it, That's what it feels like. This feels like um, a walk together, not only through the Gospel of John, but into uh, some of the more complicated spaces and places of life, and just really encouraging us to be with Christ in the midst of all of them. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know if I could be articulate after what you just said, because you just basically nailed my hopes and dreams for this book, is for it to do exactly what you just said, to invite the reader to just walk with Jesus at, at all times, to understand that when when Jesus it just like exploded basically into the into the disciples' lives. You know, he rocked their world, and they tried to figure out what it was he was about and what did he want. And you know, they got everything wrong all the time. But the reason, Carmen, they became these courageous men that you and I read of later is because they walked with him and they allowed him to teach them and to strengthen them. And it's what you and I need. We know we know that the good life. You know, everyone wants the good life, right? But we know it's not the house or the cars or, you know, the perfect kids. And we it's Jesus. He's the good life. And so I want people to um, walk with me uh, through the Gospel of John and let me help them see how they can walk with Jesus and find the good life and not, not divide their lives into, <clears throat> excuse me, Sunday you know, and um, or de- their devotional times, but to incorporate their pursuit of Christ Jesus into every moment of their day. I um, I love this. Um, so, if you're listening right now, Shelley opens chapter one, dear John. I'm super excited um, about sitting down to write you. Fairly nervous. I considered opening with my habitual greeting. Um, I hope this finds you well, but that's crazy, right? I mean, what with you being in heaven, um, you know, that would have amused you. Maybe you and Jesus would have laughed together. I can't wait to hear Jesus laugh out loud, but forgive the strange opening. Um, I'll start over with a proper introduction. Hello, John. My name is Shelley. Um, uh, This is um, designed to be intimate. Yeah. um, For me to be in a conversation with the Father and the Son by the power of the Spirit, um, mm. and John and what he has said and recorded, but you have made this intensely personal. I am wondering if we could see your Bible. Is it just like, are the marginal notes, I mean, do you, have you like written everywhere on the pages of your Bible? Because that's what I, I feel like you've done. I've got to send you images later. You're going to laugh. It's worse than you're imagining, or it's beyond what you're imagining. Um, It's hard to see the actual words anymore (laughs) because of all the margins. I have lived in John's Gospel for for so long, Carmen. It's where I stand. I mean, I love every word in the Bible. I'm a Bible geek, um, no doubt. But the the Gospel of John is where I send people that say, I just wish I loved to read the Word, but I don't. I don't understand. You know, I want that kind of passion. And I ask people, get in John's Gospel and park there and ask Holy Spirit of God to teach you. And just stay in John's Gospel. It's not how much of the Bible you get through. It's what gets through to you. And John writes in a way that helps us understand that that Jesus is with us, present with us to walk through 
this world with us. And, you know, when I set up the book the way I did it, if I might tell you this, because I love that you're responding to the intimacy of the way it opens, but I purposely when I created each chapter to have these sections where I would speak to dear John, dear reader, dear Jesus, so that, you know, we just, we feel like we're in a, um, just a coffee chat, all of us together. I remember my agent saying, I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, the publishers are going to respond to this. If they're going to pick this up, it's a different type of book. And, and I thought, yeah, I know. I, I really do know that. <laughs> but I felt like it would be a great format for doing exactly that, for opening up this great big conversation with all of us. It's so good. It is refreshing. It is fun. We're talking with Shelley Rushing Tomlinson, a.k.a. Keggy. Um, We're talking about seizing the good life, discover peace and joy through the study of John's gospel. Um, Bell of all things, southern.com is where you can, uh, is where you can find Shelly online. Um, Shelly, when you think about just the, um, the practical, the most practical, I mean, people just need some, some walking points on some days in terms of walking our faith out into the world that God so loves. Give us some maybe practical ways to weave faith into daily life. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for that. Um, Boy, my mind explodes with things that I want to say, Carmen. And the first one is I wake up every day of my life and I say, um, boss me, Jesus, because if you don't, I'm going to want to. I mean, because we can lay down everything the day before, right? We can surrender our our heart, our life. We can be in pursuit of Jesus. But and maybe you're differently. But you know, you're different. But most of us, when we open our eyes, we we aren't in that same frame of mind, right? The day is rushing at us with all the responsibilities that we have to do. So way before my devotional time or my prayer time, and, and, and I tell people, you don't have to go to your actual knees. I'm talking about a heart position. So if you have a physical problem and a reason you can't go to your knees, I understand that. But I encourage you in your heart at least. I slip out of my bed onto my knees. I'm not there seconds. It's not my prayer time. I'm going to my knees and then going to my feet. But on my way into the um, bathroom, you know, start brushing hair and do all the stuff. I'm saying, I want you. I want you. Position my heart to hear you, my ears to hear you. And I'm already beginning my day by saying that. No kind of organized prayer or devotion, just I need you. I'm admitting right off, I need you in my life, and I need you right now, and I need you all day long. And of all the needy people, I'm the neediest. I'm in front of the line waving at him, saying it's me. So that would be my first and my maybe my strongest uh, encouragement to all of us is that our greatest strength is realizing that Jesus is our greatest need and mm-hmm. just positioning ourselves like that every day. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. Um, I feel confident um, that being in the Word of God is uh, is absolutely on your list as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The, thank you. The Word of God. Um, I can't. You know, I I can't encourage us enough of all the ways we have now to get the word in us. You know, if um, I'm going to be in the morning, you know, I'm going to be filling myself up with God's word. It's just a priority. I've got to. It's like bread. 
um, for sure. But then throughout the day, we're riding in the car, and we could reach for other things. But when we develop that habit of going, no, I don't want to reach for social, I don't want to reach for um, something else to entertain my mind, I want you. And we turn on the audio Bible. You know, we put uh, scriptures before us on our refrigerator just at every opportunity that we can say, I choose you above this world and everything that's coming at me, all the information that's coming at me. I choose your words because they are life. Even the words that I say to you, you know, they may be good words about Jesus and they may encourage those of us that are talking and listening this morning, but they're not his words. And, you know, Peter tells us to desire the sincere, pure, unadulterated milk of the word. And I was telling my class at my church just a couple weeks ago, have you ever considered the fact that that means whoever you're listening to, your podcast or your favorite preacher, or anyone that's talking to you about Jesus, their words are good, but they're, um, it's God's word mixed with man's word or mixed with that woman's word. But when you go to the Bible, it is the pure, it is the only pure words that you can get. And that's what we need. It's like colostrum for a baby, right? They, we need that pure milk of the word in order to grow. And, and to, the more we read and know Jesus through his word, the more we love Jesus. And it's just a beautiful circle. Mm-hmm. We're going to continue our conversation with Shelly in just a moment. She's going to teach us how to fact check the world with the word of God. That's up next on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Shelley Rushing Tomlinson, you can find her at bellofallthingssouthern.com. We're talking today about her newest book, Seizing the Good Life, Discover Peace and Joy Through the Study of John's Gospel. It's got 21 chapters because that's how many chapters the Gospel of John has. And Shelley um, walks into a conversation with John and with Jesus um, in each of these chapters and encourages each of us to uh, to do likewise. Shelley, I like this. Um, I like this question about fact-checking the world with the Word of God. Can you teach us how to do that? Right. Don't we need that? I mean, every, we have so much information coming at us, and we have fact-checkers, right? But the problem is we don't know who can be trusted to check the facts. And so right. we are just in this pickle in this world unless we know how to go to God's Word. And there is a, there's a story at the end of John's Gospel, and um, I'm sure our listeners would be familiar with it, because Jesus is talking to Peter, and when he gets through telling Peter what's going to happen at the end of his life, and Peter's not really fond of what he was just told, he turns around and looks at John, and he says, what about him? And Jesus says to Peter, he says, if he is still here when I come, what is that to you? You know, 
that's my paraphrase, pretty much, you know, you do you, Peter, type of uh, response. It's none of your business. And then John tells us that after that, the story went around that he would not die, that, that that disciple would not die, but he would, you know, still be there when Jesus returned. And John says, but that's not what Jesus said. And those are the words that I key in on, because when John is saying, um, what, well, one thing I want us to realize is that it may have been inadvertent, because it says that that went around among the brethren. So the people that were there told that story, Carmen, how they heard it, you know, what they thought that Jesus had said. And so that's how the rumor got started. And oftentimes we, you know, we do that. We hear a story through this person who is, you know, giving you their opinion of what someone else said. And and so the it's just diluted. But when we look at those words, John said, but that's not what Jesus said. And John goes back and says, Jesus said, and then he quotes Jesus verbatim, and this is what we have to do. To live here in 2023 with all the fact checkers, not being able to trust any of the facts, we have to go back to God's word and see what does it say. Instead of fact checking um, the, you know, letting the, the world say what the word says, we need to go to the word and learn what it says about the world we're living in. Uh, people think that it says in the Bible, God helps those who help themselves, but God he never said does that. not uh, say that. I, I mean, we like, can list a dozen of those off the top uh, of our head, can't right? we? Right? There's like 30% yeah. of the people in our culture who actually think that um, Harry Potter is somewhere in the Bible. Like, this is oh, not hard to, it's not hard to fact check what people think God has said. Um, and it does occur to me that, you know, that is that is one of the things the enemy uses, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. says to Eve, is that really what God said? Back at the very yeah, beginning. And he'll, like, and he'll we need to know. It, right? Just a we little need to, bit. Totally. He'll, he, we need yeah. to know. Mm-hmm. We need to know. And we, we can know. And that's the beautiful message. You know, because w- w- my answer earlier when I was saying, you know, how do we know whose facts to be? checked and but we we aren't left there the good news of the gospel of jesus christ and the holy spirit living in us is that that's not the end we don't have to throw up our hands and say i don't even know you know who to believe because truth lives and truth will speak to us if we go to god's word we uh, truth is not elusive it's only elusive if we're not going to god's word yeah, truth has a name. He is a person. You Amen. Know him. Amen. Um, hey, Carmen, can yep. can I tell um, our listeners to a different address to look for me? I should have given oh, sure. you this, but Bell of All Things Southern is so long that we mm-hmm. have redirected. I have ShellyT.com. That makes it so much easier. It redirects. It's the same website, but it's Shelly with an I-E-T.com. Isn't that oh, a lot easier? easier. That's way easier. And and uh yeah, and so I also want to know, is that you and your beautiful dog um in the picture on the cover of the book? That is. That is Hank. Mm. We call him Hanky Panky, Hank the Tank, Hankster. You know, he's all that. He's huge. He's huge. He is a big white lab and he is like my sidekick. He prays with me, reads with me, stays with me, does everything with me. I wanted him on the cover because that's where we we wrote. We, I mean, Hank and I, wrote so much of the book sitting right there on the dock. I live on a lake called Lake Providence. 
were sitting there on the dock writing that manuscript. And so I did. I asked my publisher. I was like, I really want, you know, Hank with me on the cover. And I'm so glad that they agreed. I love that. All right, Shelly T. And Shelly is S-E. It's like the word shell, S-H-E-L-L-I-E. That's it. T for Tomlinson, ShellyT.com. Way easier than Belle of All Things Southern, although Belle of All Things Southern is super cute. Um, (laughs) ShellyT.com. Um, all right. So I, um, I'm, I'm just, I might have to come see you. I love you already. I want to see what's in the margins of your Bible. Um, I want to come to Keggy camp. I mean, like, I just, I know it's, I want you here. So I was telling you a producer during the break, I was like, I love her. I like, I need her (laughs) contact information. I need her in my life. So the door is open to you, Carmen. That is mutual. That is so mutual. <laughs> I just love you already. Um, all right. So um, I, here's what I'm going to be looking for, Shelly. I don't yes. know what the letters will be, but you know how, like, we have the ESV or the NIV or, you know, on down the list of all the versions? Yeah. I yeah. feel like I feel like that there is this version of Scripture that comes out of, back out of you that's like the keggy version. And so I just I'm just gonna be looking for that maybe as our next Bible study together. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. you're fine. Marginal you're fun. marginal notes and, and you know, and thoughts that okay. flow. I just yeah, Okay, it's gonna now be so fun. Carmen, you, you have got to um you have got to go to Shellyt.com and look at what I just did to my husband. I might blow all your conceptions. It's <laughs> it's one of the it's the top blog <laughs> post and it says full moons can be dangerous. Now, All you've right. got to call me after you see that. Yes. All right. I'm going to. I'm going to. I totally okay. love that. All right. You guys go to ShellyT.com. Connect directly with Shelly Rushing Tomlinson. The book is Seizing the Good Life. Discover peace and joy through the study of John's gospel. I feel confident in saying Shelly will be back. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. All right, I uh, I I think I can be trusted in saying Shelly will be back because I think we've made a new friend this morning. I didn't you just love her? I totally loved her. Um, okay, uh, let's see. At the end of the hour today, do I have any little tidbit of news that I could share with you that um, might be fun to know and you could stick in your pocket to use sometime today? Parts of Broward County, Florida, are under quarantine because officials have discovered a plague of giant African land snails. Okay, I had never heard of the biblical plague of the land snails, but um, here they are. A Florida county is now quarantining after discovery of the invasive giant African land snail, which is apparently um, a nasty little creature. They pose a health risk to humans because they carry a parasite called rat lungworm, which can cause meningitis. So there you go. Um, that is going on, and it gives you an opportunity to talk about plagues, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, students of the Bible, plagues and all those things. Um, and the Passover, that's just a good thing to talk about um, on any given day. All right, um, have a great day. God bless. Let's be praying um, for lost. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.